Welcome to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. I'm Gabby. And I'm Sarah. And we are two physical therapy students on our journey to get that DPT debt free. And our vision for you is to get through PT school on your first try without any debt. Join us as we navigate through the insanity of physical therapy school together. Welcome to another episode of Gratitude, everyone. And for today, you guys are in for a special treat because we have Logan here on the podcast today, and we are so excited to have you on. So thank you so much. Of course, I'm so excited to be here. I see all of your episodes popping up with some awesome people. So I was so excited to be asked to come on. (laughs) Oh my gosh, we're so excited to have you here because I feel like this has kind of been a while in the making, but uh, Gabby and I actually haven't reached out to you until recently, but we were thinking about you back when you were a student. We were like, oh my God, look at what Logan is doing. (laughs) He was amazing. So thank you for being here. And for the people who don't know you, Can you tell just a little bit about what got you into physical therapy in the first place? And then we can kind of go into what you're up to now. Cool. Um, Okay. So I graduated from University of Iowa in December. Um, So I have had my license since, yeah, January, February-ish. And um, I originally got into physical therapy because I was like, a geek about the human body. Like ever since, um, ever since I think it was like in college, um, in high school, I knew I want to do something science related. And so I went into undergrad, not knowing if I wanted to do physical therapy or I don't think I wanted to be a doctor. I never really wanted to go that far, like a physician, I should say. And, um, but I didn't know exactly what route I was going to go, but it was, um, I was always like geeking out about the human body, learning about bones and muscles. And I thought it was so cool how it worked. And then in undergrad, after I um, shadowed at a clinic for the first time, it was a um, a rehab, um, inpatient rehab, and watched these patients like make this incredible progress. And some obviously, you know, don't make the astounding progress. You see both ends, obviously, but the, I saw a therapist work with somebody who, after months and months and months, like watched him walk and she started crying. And that was the first time I'd ever seen something so like impactful like that. And I was just like sitting there, I was like, oh my gosh, like I want that feeling, you know, like I want to work with patients and like help them do that. So that was kind of what set me off on pursuing that route was like, I want to do physical therapy just because I was so into exercise and the human body movement and things like that. So, um, yeah, that was kind of what led me into it originally. I'm some, I'm one of them that did not have a lot of experience with physical therapy uh, throughout my life. Um, I didn't have a lot of injuries, right? Physical therapy and all of that, but um, just seeing that was definitely like helped me like pursue that passion for sure. And then as far as where I'm at now, so graduated, um, got my license, and I guess I should kind of go back because it didn't just start right after graduation, but around um, May-ish of last year during my, like kind of at the end of my um, schooling before clinicals, I had, we had a class about business and um, like business, uh, business at class. And so it covered different things like private practice or owning a private practice. Um, We had a small year, like resumes, job interviews, things like that. And one of the, the topics was um, 
cash PT. And I had never heard of it before. And we had an interview with someone who went to my school and had graduated a couple years before. And she like answered some questions. And I was like to the front asking all the questions. I had all the questions about, I was like, this seems really interesting. And because we all, like I had been in my clinicals, I knew by that point insurance and how that all worked with the clinics. I learned a lot about that in school that I didn't really know before that because I didn't have a lot of exposure to the back end of physical therapy, like, um, you know, throughout undergrad. But, and so it was very intriguing. I was like, you know, working directly with the patient and they just pay you right away. I was like, what is this? And she had mentioned somebody um, on the um, interview who she had listened to a lot of his podcast and it was Aaron LeBauer. So I looked up his podcast and binged for like weeks all of his stuff. And I remember telling my boyfriend, I was like, I think I really want to do this. Like, this is really, really cool. And he did it right after graduation, which obviously was the most like inspiring. I was like, yes, like I can do this. And, um, and so I told him that he's like, so do it, you know? And he has like no idea, but he was just like, do it. I was like, thank you for supporting me. But, um, so I was like, ever since then, that's like in the back of my mind, like what I wanted to do. And, um, because I wanted to do my own thing, I wanted to have that, pursue that time freedom, that financial freedom of having your own business. And I kind of got into that mindset because I have done, I had done fitness coaching for the past three-ish years and was working with a lot of people who were working from home and who were helping people online and have that freedom of kind of doing your own thing, setting your own hours. So that's what kind of developed my mindset of like, whoa, like there's this other way of working and living. And I was like, that's what I really wanted. And so in relation to physical therapy, I was like, I feel like this is a route that can help me do that. So yeah, so I would, that's where my kind of mindset was um, as far as why I wanted to do that. And then I was like, this is a cool route to pursue. And so throughout clinicals from the, the start of my clinicals, I was still kind of like shy about it because it wasn't a common thing and I wasn't sure what people were going to say about it. So like, I'm pretty sure my first clinical instructor never knew that I, that's what I wanted to do, you know? And by that point, I wasn't getting a lot of questions about what I was doing after graduation because I still had like two clinicals left. But as I went on, I'd get the questions of like, what are you going to do for after graduation? And where are you applying? And I was like, nowhere. <laughs> so I definitely had to, like, I had some fear related to it. It's like as far as admitting what I was going to do because it was out of the norm. And, um, but thankfully I had um, one instructor, my second clinical, who was very supportive and um, she thought that I could do it. You know, she thought that it was going to be a challenge, but was excited for me. And I had a teacher who um, had a meeting with me and was like more excited for me um, and wasn't putting me down from doing it. Um, but what I will say is it's not something I personally don't think it's something that every new grad would be able to do. Um, I definitely for past couple years have done tons and tons of personal development to really understand my strengths and understand um, how to approach fear and the fears that you have and, you know, the confidence and courage. And like, that's my jam is like learning about all of that. And so there's a, a pretty, like there's a certain level of confidence and a certain level of courage that you need to have in order to pursue this. Cause it's not easy. And, um, you have to trust yourself and you have to trust your skills 
And that's what I had just learned to do throughout school was that I know I don't know everything and no one does when they come out, but I know enough to help somebody. And that's kind of what I clung to was that I'm not going to know everything. I'm going to need help and I'm going to need to find a way to search for mentors and stuff, but I know enough to, to help somebody because of, you know, I have more education than my patients do. And, um, I had the passion and the relationship, like this relationship skills and communication skills to be able to treat a patient and to feel confident, you know, treating them and um, confident knowing what I don't know. So it's definitely, yeah, there's a lot of fear that comes up. There's a lot of obstacles. There's people that aren't going to believe what you're going to do, believe in what you're doing. And there's um, challenges financially. There's challenges, you know, just like kind of feeling like you're by yourself, but again, it's like, it's connecting to an online community of people who are amazing and who support you. And that's been a big lifesaver for me, not only for like the, the focus and the mindset, but also, um, just being able to have people like that are on your side and believe in you to do it because not everyone in your immediate circle is going to believe that you can. So, okay. Question though. So yeah. When, when did you have the connection to Aaron or when did you have the guest lecture? That was um, like March or April of last year, like literally like a year ago. So what then, was there a point where you were like, this is what I want to do? Was there like a moment that you remember or was it just after binging all of Aaron's episodes about like cash practice and him doing the same thing, like going right out of PT school and never working for anybody? Um, I think it was, I mean, like the one moment that I do remember was listening to, and I don't remember, I wish I remembered like what episode it was, but there was one episode where I listened and afterwards, like, I was like, I, I think I really want to do this. Like, cause I had mentioned that I wanted to do it, but I was like, no, no like I'm serious. <laughs> like I'm doing this. And it was, I mean, that was probably, that was before clinical started. So that was probably within like a couple of weeks of starting those episodes. Uh, so it had been like on my mind a little bit, but after like hearing different people, cause he interviews people, you know, so it's not just him. You're hearing from other people on there who um, have done it different ways and just like what they were talking about. And I was like, there's multiple people who think that um, some new grads can do this and that, um, you know, and so I just kind of went with that and I was like, I just made the decision almost like it's not something that I think I'm going to do. It's like, I'm going to do it. And I still, like I said, I still like wasn't able to admit it out loud to everybody yet because that's really intimidating to do to your like clinical instructors. Um, But eventually I had to come to terms with it. And eventually like I wasn't going to lie. So eventually I was like, I had to own it. And that was, you know, another thing I had to work through was just like, I need to own it. If I'm going to do it, I need to understand that I might get some looks and I might get some remarks, but um, ultimately it's my decision and it's my journey. So, um, yeah, from that, so all throughout my clinicals, I definitely knew that I wanted to do it. Um, so it was pretty early on, not long after I started binging the episodes. That's incredible. And I think for a lot of students, you know, whether they're about to enter their first year or about to enter their first year or whether they're a third year, like going through clinicals, um, it's definitely something like you, you have to own up to and just not be shy about it because this is what you want. And if other people have that opinion, then you're just 
you have to take it with a grain of salt because it's, you know, it's your life and your, um, your path and journey. So what were kind of the expectations versus the reality of it all, especially currently? Um, so actually before the two part question. Um, so when you graduated and after you finished your boards, what was that next, um, step looking like for you to open your practice? Yeah. So after, so even before graduation in like October, November ish, um, was when I first started, cause I was reading books and listening to lots of different sources by this time. And so I got some advice on like how to approach a um, gym. Cause that's where I wanted to practice was inside of a gym. And it's one of the easiest places to start too, because you're not, you know, the overhead of having a building. I just wasn't going to be able to do that. So, um, I had approached a local gym here and, um, basically went to the gym. I had never been there. It's in my hometown, but never been there, went there and asked to meet the owner. So I was introduced from like the front desk, um, person to the owner and talked to her and, um, kind of lucked out because she was excited about the idea from the beginning. I kind of just presented the idea. Have you ever thought of partnering with a physical therapist here? and you know having them within the facility and just like having them leave space or whatever and she said that's something i never thought about but like i would be open to it that sounds like it'd be a cool um advantage for the members to have and from the beginning i made it clear you know that i was still a separate entity but like having me within the facility is definitely an advantage for the population that's already there um so she was excited about it from the beginning, um, which, like I said, I kind of lucked out. I didn't have to go to multiple gyms and try and um, find a place, but this is a very popular one. It's in a great place downtown. Um, so that was kind of why, and it was just a big facility that I thought would be a good place. Um, so from then on, we kind of kept in touch because I was like, I don't get, I don't graduate till December. I have to get my license and all that. So we kind of kept, kept in touch every couple of weeks is just keeping her updated on things. But um, in the meantime, I um, was just learning as much as I could about payments, about, um, I mean, all things, like everything that I would need, insurance and all of that. And a lot of it I couldn't get until after I got my license. So um, basically up until graduation, that's all it was. It was just kind of making that connection and getting ready to be able to do all of these things. So then it was studying for my test and I kind of, during that time also, um, so anyone, you know, in the future who was wanting to do this, I went to the gym and like participated in classes and like became a part of the community. Um, because I, and I still do because that's, you know, you want to be a part of the community for them to want to work with you, you know, as, as opposed to an outsider coming in. But so I kind of focused on that relationship building and marketing, just sharing content. How was the process? Like what kind of obstacles did you hit in trying to build your business before you even graduated? Uh, great question. Um, so some of the obstacles uh, definitely were like me trying to figure out like what's the fine line between what I'm allowed to share on social media and what I'm not, you know, I'm not licensed and kind of getting past that, that fear also is like, well, I'm putting all this stuff out. And then if I don't or if I don't pass the exam, then everyone's going to know that. But like, that's with everything I post. So that's just a fear I have to overcome anyway. Um, but I mean, the obstacles were like, it's, it's different, especially in um, where I'm from. Like it's a different type of idea and practice. So um, I mean, it's still a challenge trying to 
um, gain that patient um, caseload and figuring out like the best way to market to them um, via social media and in person and you know just figuring out the right messaging um, because my population is active adults and athletes um, so like people who are already going to the gym so trying to keep them in the gym going to classes um, keeping them active and um, so leading up to it was you know, I was trying to study for the exam also while trying to market. So, I mean, it's, it was a balancing act for sure, but it was cool to be able to, I mean, it kind of related though, cause I'm studying and it's like, okay, I can share this on my, on my page. And, um, and then just getting a lot of the things in line for, uh, getting insurance and making sure like deciding, do I really need to go see a lawyer? Can I do this myself? Like as far as forming an LLC and just things like that. So a lot of research, figuring out what people have done, a lot of um, getting templates from people who have done it before for like a super bill and setting up um, email automation. So a lot of the back office stuff that I tried to like get set up while I could um, before I was even seeing patients. So trying to just set myself up in a good position, um, you know, planning for workshops because workshops is a big um, plan for me for a marketing strategy. Um, do because I have the gym location to do that. And so just doing those, you know, every month or so bringing in different patients that way. Um, and so was getting all of that set up and was set to open up on March 15th or something. I think it was a Monday and that was like my opening day. And there had already been rumor that the gyms were going to close. And so like, it was a very bittersweet day because I was like, they're going to close, you know, like I knew it was happening. And so literally the next day the gyms closed. So my clinic closed, um, because you know, and I wasn't prepared at that point for, with like protective equipment and things like that to be able to see patient, you know, I could have probably worked something out with the owner. Maybe, I don't know. Um, but I already was very new and she was, we were kind of doing a trial period for a month before, before I actually like before we signed a contract and before I started paying lease. Um, so that was really cool too. Cause she's like, I want to make sure that you are comfortable. Cause I didn't have a private room there. Um, I just had a table and it was going to be inside of one of like the separate like CrossFit gym type things. Um, so yeah, so then I just kind of closed. And so then it was the challenge of trying to figure out how to do everything virtually and like the telehealth route. So getting a platform for that. And again, marketing in a way that was going to be able to attract patients. And that's something I'm still working on um, because I'm definitely like the workshops were my big way of, you know, marketing and being able to be with patients in person because that's how I create relations with people is like, you know, getting them on video and talking to them in person, just like being able to create that relationship with my energy in person. And so um, I'm more of, I'm way more of a video person. So trying to figure out how to write my posts that attracts people and, things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's been the biggest challenge is just figuring out what kind of marketing strategy and what messaging is going to attract patients to not only see me, you know, at, like I've just opened a clinic and then now I don't even have a patient caseload to like just transfer online. It's starting from scratch. So without meeting me beforehand, trying to get patients to trust me, um, things like that. So that's been the biggest challenge and still is that I'm working through, but, um, it's been fun. It's been exciting. Um, you know, seeing the content grow, like as I post things, you know, getting more views on it and 
um, just sh seeing that some of the things I'm doing is working, but it's just kind of the transfer of getting the patients in the door. So hopefully I'm just building up the content and marketing strategy now so that when I can open, there's people who, you know, I've had a lot of touches with online and are excited to come see me. So yeah. That's exciting though. I know it sucks because it closed the day after you <laughs> open, but like you, you're still going back at it. Like you aren't mm -hmm. quitting and yeah, you can't do the workshops, but are you doing like webinars or something instead or what are you doing instead? Yeah, I just did my first one actually last week and then I already have nice. another one planned kind of more towards the CrossFit population. Um, and that's been a really cool thing too, because there is a huge CrossFit population there and it's not something that I've ever done myself um, as a work. I mean, I've done like a sample workout here and there of CrossFit, but never gotten into it. But it's been really cool to try to learn about the movements that they do and translate that to, you know, mobility. And I believe that there's the big opportunity there um, for me to help with that aspect. So I've been learning more about the movements and trying movements. And so now um, I'm hoping to kind of gear a lot of my workshops and stuff towards movements that they do, mobility things that they do. Um, because yeah, that's a, a population who really cares about, you know, their mobility and not having pain because their, their workouts and that community is so important to them. So that's been a cool thing too, to just kind of learn more about and, um, challenge my like performance, um, like my practice as kind of performance related rather than, you know, like post-surgical things like that. So, um, more like in the athlete population. So that's been exciting. And that's where I'm kind of going to gear a lot of my workshops from, and I'm probably going to have to do a lot of them online for a while, you know, even when I technically have a clinic again. Um, so I am trying to kind of figure out the best ways to advertise those and get more people on those. So, yeah. That's really cool though, because you pivot, you know, stuff mm -hmm. happens, you figure it out, you change it up. Um, and this isn't the only thing that you've been working on either. Do you want to talk a little bit about like your podcast and other stuff that you've been doing besides this um, pre-COVID or, you know, whenever, whatever time frame? <laughs> Um, so I have been, like I said, I had been doing, um, like online coaching more like fitness related for since like March of 2017 and more recently I'm kind of pivoting to more of a, um, like a mindset coach for business owners, um, working on, cause I just absolutely love personal development and mindset. And I like, I mean, in all honesty, like I wouldn't be where I am doing these things if I wouldn't have like focused so much on my mindset and um, personal development because I don't have all the experience in the world. I don't have all the business experience in the world, but like all of that mindset work to just like believe that I could do it is the only reason that I'm here. And so I think that it, it holds such a weight in entrepreneurs, business owners to be able to be successful and just to keep going. So um, I'm really excited to kind of, you know, work more with that niche population, um, to help them attract more clients, help them make more money, help them have fun, you know, running their business instead of burning out, um, things like that. So that's one thing that I've been working on as far as a lot of content creation. And, um, that's like a big, uh, outlet on my social media page. And so back in December, I started a podcast as well, which that's kind of getting a rebrand now too, but that was always kind of a personal development, um, podcast. I recently changed the name to mind ninja for like the more of the mindset um, aspect. So I've been doing that, trying to be more consistent with that for sure um, because I'm doing it all myself right now. 
like editing and all of that. So it can be a lot on the table. And that was one thing the podcast was for months. I had thought about doing it for months, but I told myself like, you don't need to add another thing to your plate right now. Like, you know, you can just wait, you don't need to do this. And then finally I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And then it was another thing on the plate. And so it's not perfect and it's not super consistent yet, but it's fun, you know, cause I, I like to talk. I like to like, um, you know, so it was just a better outlet for me to be able to share information. Um, and then also I've been taking, um, the digital marketing course. Um, so I'm learning all about Facebook ads and Google ads and email marketing and really excited to, I mean, it's just another way to help business owners, you know, be more successful, especially right now. But, um, that's been really cool too, to learn those skills because it's something that I knew a little bit about, but, um, I'm excited to kind of like have different outlets. So working on um, getting clients to kind of build a portfolio for that. And so that's been exciting um, just as another way to earn an income right now, because I am trying to kind of diversify as, you know, patient sessions are not there and I got student loan payments coming up soon. And so just trying to build what I can. Um, so, I mean, all of it's been, a chat. Oh, and I'm renovating a house. So <laughs> we just throw that in the mix too. <laughs> That's been going on since like November. And a lot of the, my job was painting, but like it did take a lot of time. So uh, moving and moving in here and doing all of that was just kind of in the mix as well. So it's been a lot and it's been emotional, but um, kind of like you said, it's like, I'm not, I don't have any plans of stopping. And so it's figuring out like, what are the most important things to me? And you know, what ones do I need to put more energy in? What ones do I maybe need to, um, you know, not go full blown on right now and then build them up as I go. Um, but it's all like, it's all a lot of fun for me. So that's where I like get myself into lots of different things is because they're all exciting for me. Um, but yeah, as I'm trying to build a clinic, it's like, you know, figuring out what, what should my focus be right now? And, um, what do I need to put more energy into? But so that, I guess that would be my, I get that question a lot from, and I just got it the other day was asking about, cause I have multiple social media accounts and, you know, have all this stuff going on. So they asked, um, you know, did you do all of this at once or did you progressively kind of build on? Um, some of these things and some of the stuff I built on, like I only started with one social media page, but, um, and so I built that on, but there are some things that I started at the same time because I believe that they could, you know, weave together, like as far as the podcast content and my Instagram page, like they go together. And so just having different outlets to reach different people, um, was helpful. But I guess my biggest advice with that would be like, it is best, I think, to, you know, as you're pursuing something, get really good at what you're doing and then bring in something else instead of having multiple things that you're kind of doing subpar. Um, because then you're not really going to get that your message across that you want to, you're not going to, you're going to be chasing all of the time and not feel really successful in that one thing. So, um, don't spread yourself too thin. I'm famous for doing that, but, <laughs> um, I believe that I'm bringing things together a little bit more now. I think I had a lot more outlet like with the fitness and with PT and different population there as well as business coaching stuff like that so I think I'm doing a better job of weaving them together now but it's an ongoing process it's an ongoing thing as new things are introduced and as a new um 
pursuit comes into play, I guess, but keeps me busy for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like we're all, (laughs) we're all noted to, uh, do a bunch of different things. It's really hard to say no. (laughs) And, you know, when you have so many things going on, like, yes, you're going to have to make sacrifices, but it's, it's for your financial freedom and your time freedom to be able to focus on uh, what you need to. And I think that's a big thing of that. But like you talked about throughout the episode is like mindset is, is key. And this is not for everybody, but as we are uh, evolving in the profession, I feel like more people are now thinking like, oh, I don't know if I want to work for someone or you don't want to, you know, work on someone else's terms. Like you want to work on your own terms. So just being able to bring this up and especially for students where it's not talked about in school, you may have one class, but other than that, that's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah. And with that, like, I just had this thought today kind of, um, like with the, cause you know, and we're surrounded by a lot, a lot of these people who are pursuing, you know, other routes and other streams of income or becoming entrepreneurs and things like that. And, um, you know, it's like the physical therapy profession itself. Like, even if you work for somebody else, even if you work in a clinic, it's not a bad thing and you can love your job doing that. You know, like if you truly love physical therapy and that's like, and you love why you went into the profession, like you can love your job. My big thing was I want to love my job, but I also want to love the rest of my life because I see so many, I've, I mean, I wouldn't say so many, I haven't been exposed to, you know, hundreds, but there are clinicians who was like, yes, they love what they do, but they're there all night and they can't get off work for the holidays. And just those things that matter so much to me, it was like, I believe that there's a way to still love my job, but also the rest of my life is really important and still love the rest of my life and the time that I have and be able to do the things that I want to at the same time. So I wasn't willing to sacrifice just loving my job for all of those things. And so that was the biggest thing that kind of pushed me to pursue some of these other things is because yes, I would, I would love my job, but I didn't want to resent it after years and years because it, you know, I didn't have time time to do these other things. And I didn't truly have the rest of the life that I wanted. So that was the biggest thing for me was like that, that priority is like, what was my priority of, um, do I want to love my job above everything else? Or do I want to have my job interweaved with my life? And that kind of made my decision. I love that because so many (laughs) students are also, you know, starting to question what it is they want to do. And maybe none of their classmates are questioning that maybe none of the professors are really like being very supportive necessarily of somebody who wants to start something right out of school because it, it's hard, right? And what were some of the fears that you had uh, before you actually put all of this together? What were some of those big fears and how did you overcome them? So... One of my biggest fears was, um, I mean, my, honestly, like my biggest fear was like, what if this doesn't work? Like, I want this so badly that I don't know what I would do if it, if it doesn't work, you know, if I, uh, if it fails or, you know, quote fails. Um, and so that always crossed my mind. It's like, you know, what, what if I try this for a couple months and then it doesn't happen as quickly as I want to, or I don't learn fast enough how to message and how to market to patients. And so, you know, I'm struggling to get patients and then I can't pay the bills, you know, and 
um, eventually I need to start contributing to the house payments and all that. So I think that was a big fear was like, what if it doesn't happen as quickly as I want it to slash need it to. And, um, I think, but yeah, like, I don't know what I would do if I, if I had to go back and like, I'm so passionate and about this and excited about this, that like the thought of like having to like retreat back and go apply for a job, like it's just really not an option. So, I mean, I, the, by overcoming it was just like making it a non-negotiable was that like, like not putting a timeline on it and just going for it and not beating myself up if it doesn't happen after a month or two months. And, you know, didn't know this big obstacle was going to get in the way, but <laughs> that's definitely affected the timeline of things. But um, just having, you know, knowing that I'm doing the right things and I'm continuing to learn the right things and it's going to happen because there's no other option that I'm giving myself. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the fear was that it wouldn't work, but like, if I choose not to do it, then it hundred percent doesn't work. So I didn't even give myself a chance, you know, and any, that's anything like with that fear of failure, like what if it doesn't work? What if this happens? If you choose not to do it, you're a hundred percent guaranteeing that that happens. So, you know, going for it, you, you're giving yourself a chance for, for the dream that like, you literally can't sleep at night. Cause you think about it. Like that's some of the things in my life. It's like, I cannot even go to sleep because I'm thinking about this all the time. Like, why would I give that up? And why would I just like give away any chance of making that happen? So that was one. And, um, the other fear more in the beginning was that, you know, it is intimidating telling these clinicians who have lots of experience and years of experience who have been in the field, telling them that I'm doing something that's like totally out of this, you know, world it, it, to them. Cause you know, some of them have never heard of Aaron the power or any of these clinicians who have done it right out of school. They don't know about that. A lot of them didn't even know about a lot about cash PT. So, um, that fear of not having the support from people who were kind of like role models, you know, I mean, like I was, I learned from them for weeks and, um, to not have like support from them was just, um, could, you know, could just cut me down a little bit, but it wasn't going to make me quit, but it was a, there was that fear. Cause I didn't admit it right away to everybody who asked, I would be just like, Oh, I don't know what I'm doing after, you know? <laughs> and so it was that fear of just like, I just didn't want to deal with it really was kind of it. I just wanted to avoid that. But I knew that I wasn't in order for me to feel fully confident and to kind of step into that role as like, this is what I'm doing and I'm owning it. Like I needed to admit it out loud and I needed to just say, say it to other people. So it's just the doing, it's the action. Like that's how you overcome a fear is by doing what scares you. So I said it out loud. I said it to the person that it scared me to tell. Um, it scares me that it you know, won't work, but I did it anyway. So that's how you overcome the fear is by, by doing it. And just when you don't have the confidence, it's depending on your courage to overcome that fear. So those are the major ones I think. And um, I guess money was a, a big fear of mine too, um, just with loans and stuff like that. And with coaching, you know, not having that income to fully support me. And so having, I got a small business loan. And so the fear of like not being able to pay that off, right, you know, as quickly as I need to. And, um, but I mean, that was just like a lot of money mindset, um, books and stuff like that to, again, it goes back to mindset. Like you have to take that seriously because it's seriously everything. And it sounds like some people, I think just take it as, Oh, I, you know, the mindset, they just manifested it or stuff like that, but it's, it's seriously so powerful. So that was, you know, truly how I got over that fear of like the money. It was like, it will come. 
and knowing that I'm doing the things that will allow it to come, but I don't get to decide when it does. I have to just do the things that are going to bring the income in, but I don't, I can't set a deadline. I can't set a timeline of when it should be coming because then that's what I'm thinking about. And then the fear is still there. It's like, you just have to let it happen and trust that it's coming as long as you're putting in the work. So that was the biggest shift for me, like as far as that fear of not having the money to sustain this. <clears throat> oh, that's a good one. Like, cause I definitely wanted to touch on finances and money, especially coming out and knowing that your loan repayments are coming and it's just, you know, you have to, you have to want it and have to know, like, if I do need to take out uh, a small business loan and have that, you know, debt that, you know, you're definitely going to, um, climb out of, but I'm glad you touched on that too, because that's huge. And it's just a lot of the, a lot of the fears and really how to overcome it. But, um, yeah. And usually we ask, uh, our last question, which is what advice would you give to a current SPT, um, related to anything? I know we talked about a lot, but if you had mm -hmm. one thing, <laughs> you had to give. Hmm. <laughs> I think my biggest advice would be to give yourself time outside of, to give yourself time and focus and energy outside of the books and outside of your tests to figure out what you really want after you graduate and to learn more about, um, your profession and the career itself that you're going into and, um, you know, learn other skills outside of becoming a good physical therapist. Because I think if you're so focused during school on your grades and you feel like you can't do anything else besides, even if it's like the only thing you give yourself time for is to work out, that's great. But like, I think, having that time to just like explore opportunities that you can have and to really figure out and take the time to figure out what you want your life to look like, not just your job, not just the kind of physical therapist you want to be, but what do you want your life and your career to look like after you graduate? And just like give yourself time to like vision that, envision that, to dream of that and to explore opportunities that are going to help you achieve that. Um, as opposed to having this tunnel vision of like, I'm just going to graduate as a PT. I'm going to apply for this job. Da, da, da. And then you get there and you realize it's not everything you wanted because you didn't even give yourself a chance to see if what else there was or what, what your career would look like with that. So just take the time to learn from other people who have done it, to listen to podcasts to that's literally what I did. I just, I listened to podcasts. I took courses, I had mentors and I just, took in so much information and so many perspectives of, you know, their careers and what the, op I learned about the opportunities. If I wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have even known that cash PT was a thing. I wouldn't have even known being an entrepreneur as a physical therapist was possible because that's just not talked about within the school system. So give yourself a chance to just look around and like meet and network with new people and learn about the opportunities. So you have a clear vision of what you want your life to look like. It's not all about the job. It's what do you want your life to look like with that job in it? Let's see. And mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> so many things. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what do you want your life to look like with your job in it? Like part of it. And I think that's 
you know, for PT students too, but do you want your life to look like during PT school with PT school in it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can do that with anything. So thank you for sharing, Logan. That, that was amazing today. We appreciate it. Um, and for everyone listening who wants to get in touch with you, how can they reach out to you? Where should they be looking? So... <sighs> trying to think of the best like page to give you. I would say kind of in this sense, um, the best place to reach out to me is my Instagram page at doclogan.dpt, D-O-C logan.dpt. That is kind of my page more for on the physical therapy side of helping people with cash PT and marketing and confidence and leadership, um, mindset, things like that. So um, that's probably the best place to get a hold of me um, in this realm. But um, I do have another page at Logan in Motion, and that's kind of more of my mindset business coaching. So depending on the audience that's listening, then you can kind of go find me on either of those. But Instagram is probably the best way to just send me a message and get in touch with me that way, and then we can go from there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. And there's going to be so many students reaching out to you. This was an amazing episode. So we just want to thank you. And we can't wait to see what's, what's coming especially when your clinic reopens. I know. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun to talk to you guys. And again, so honored to be on here. So I appreciate you guys reaching out and can't wait to stay connected with you guys. I know we have been for a while, but this is the first time that we got to spend some time together. So, um, but yeah, I'm excited to share everything happening with the clinic um, when it opens and everything that I'm learning along the way. So thank you for the support. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our Instagram and Facebook page linked in the description. Looking for a gift for a friend, classmate, professor, co-host of a podcast, or really anyone? Physio Memes got your back with apparel, drinkware, and home decor. And if you go to physiomemes.com, you can get a 20% off coupon with the code gratitude, spelled G-R-A-D-I-T-U-D-E-2020. And don't forget to check out his social media for a good study break laugh. As always, make life humorous.